Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman, and our next guest is Phil Sharkey, President of the Higher Authority. Always a pleasure to see you, Phil. Likewise, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be on the show, and I look forward to our interviews. Uh, nice to Hi. see you as well. Always great. Now, Phil, uh, you're an expert in terms of uh, helping companies to uh, screen and and uh, and, and um, uh, test people, uh, background checks, etc. But today we're going to talk about drug screening, uh, all important drug screening, uh, not only in particular professions, but really for employers across the board. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing out there in, in the market? It is, Jonathan. It's a big issue in today's world, and we handle that for our clients. Uh, usually, there's a separation of uh, a sort of church and state with us. We usually don't deal directly with the applicant. We're the fact finders. We're the researcher. The uh, the client handles everything with, with the applicant. For drug screening, it's a little bit different. I've come right on board, and I deal directly with the applicant. So we will schedule their drug screen. We'll walk them through all the problems that could arise, and I can discuss with you the things that happen regarding too much water in your system, not enough water, all the things that go involved in the testing. We generally send them to a Quest Diagnostics facility for a urinalysis, and they have three business days to get that done. Uh, we also use other testing sites, but uh, most are within 10 miles of any residence. So that usually overcomes any of those problems. Um, John, the one I want to talk about is like, obviously people know we do drug testing for drivers and people who have a dangerous job, like, like tree cutters and everything, but I'm going to stat, uh, cite you some stats as to why I think it's important for all staff to go through some form of drug screening. It's not encroachment on their rights. We do nothing. We work with them on any issues regarding ADA uh, disabilities, but uh, when I read you some of these stats, I think you'll realize why I think we should do drug screening uh, before they begin employment. Great. Uh, and, and I have some here for you right away. So we have the, uh, according to the National Council on Alcohol Alcoholism, alcoholism and drug dependency. Jonathan, more than 70% of those abusing illicit, illicit drugs in the U.S. are employed. So again, I don't mean to make light of this, and, and a lot of what we do uh, turns out to have some funny stories, but uh, that's a huge number, and these people are working, and I know there's a problem with drug issues in our country, but they are working, uh, and I work for employers, and I think employers need to know things before they come on board, and whether they're working at an office desk or doing some function, that, that's a huge number regarding uh, dependency problems mm -hmm. uh, in, in today's society. Uh, we also have, uh, Jonathan, according to the National Safety Council, about 16% of employees live with a substance abuse disorder, an estimated 80% of drug users supported their drug use by stealing from their place of employment. Uh, this study reported that the highest rate of prescription pain medication disorders is among workers in the service sector. So again, um, not to come down on these people with issues, but they're working and the studies show that to support their drug habit, they will steal usually from their employers. Great points, Phil. Um, you know, you, you uh, sort of juxtapose that with the challenges that employers are having in terms of finding people, um, you know, in particular with service, uh, you know, referred to as entry level service jobs, which are difficult to hire people. Um, I, I, I have not passed the business in the last six weeks, probably that doesn't have a sign out in the street, uh, hiring and, you know, above minimum wage. Um, for you know basic menial positions. So um, tell us uh, tell us what, what how, do, how do you reconcile that? Uh, you yeah, know, I imagine and, and there must be a fine line between um, and we'll get into it. I'm sure in a moment where you've got um, uh, use of of marijuana, for example, which is now legal in what 17 states, fully legal in 17 states. Um, Correct. So Massachusetts. I, I, 
Right. And I can't imagine that uh, drug screening will determine whether somebody is used in the last day or three days or five days or whatever that time frame is. So you've got a real challenge there, I would imagine. You pose great question, Jonathan. I agree with you. Everywhere I've gone in my circle of area, there's a help wanted sign. You know, I saw the other day there's a 9.1 million unemployment, our highest level, but there's also 8.2 million job opportunities, also the highest ever. So employers are desperate to get people in there. And we, there's another discussion about how the unemployment benefits have gotten so good that people don't really have the urge to work. Uh, it's a problem. But when I see these numbers, I, I tell my clients that they can still keep going and they'll find people that are drug free. Uh, and again, you have to, the ADA is very specific that you must accommodate for people with uh, uh, illnesses and make an accommodation. Let's talk about the marijuana, like you said, no longer illegal in 17 states, including Massachusetts, but employers still have the right to say, well, I can't have you on marijuana on this particular job, even if it's medical marijuana and people always have a card and there's reasons, I have anxiety, I understand all this, but an employer has the right for a certain position and really almost all positions require someone clear-headed, just for example, that you can't have someone who's drunk on the job. The same, you can't have someone who's high on the job. The word that comes up is reasonable. Now, if there's usage and this is what you do on your free time, that's fine. But if it impacts your job, if you're under the influence of alcohol or marijuana, we can't have you in the office today. And that's a problem. Then people have to understand that. And I do understand we have dependency issues in our country, but that is what we need for employers. We need them to not have people. So let's talk about some, some, some really specific examples um, that I'm sure you've run up against. What happens in particular, and I'm sure uh, given that um, marijuana has been legal in Massachusetts for, uh, I think it's close to two years, maybe a little bit longer, actually. Um, yeah. I'm sure you've tested people who have come back positive uh, and they claim, you know, I use it in my free time, in my spare time. I don't use it uh, while I'm employed. Is, is, right. that, is that a red flag? Is that a white flag? Is that a green flag? Yeah. What, are we, what are we giving people in that instance? And is it job dependent? Does that incur further questioning? Yeah. Uh, you know, where does that yeah. put an employer? Jonathan, I dropped the red flag. On. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand. But first of all, here's again, the reasonable uh, thought process of someone. You're going to be tested. Usually in the case, they share nothing with the employer. Everything's fine, Jonathan. I'm ready to go. Give me my cup. I'm off comes back that you tested for marijuana. So right away, you're using this substance and you don't disclose that to us. Okay, so now it comes up. So now I know that, John, then you do have that explanation. Well, it's on my own free time. Uh, it won't impair anything. Well, it just impaired your drug test that I just told you have three, sometimes four business days to prepare for. So yes, it did impair that. So now there's that trust breakdown. How can I trust you to be clear-headed on Monday after the weekend. And again, it's your right to use, to drink alcohol, to be on marijuana, whatever you want. But when you're in my place of employment and I'm paying you, as long as we stay within the ADA rights and understand that you may have glaucoma or some type of, uh, of issue where you need to be on this substance, then we have to try and work something out where you're still clear headed for, for our job. Because my stats show that 81 billion was spent uh, before the COVID shutdown uh, uh, by employers on people with drug abuse problems in the workplace. And it added up to absenteeism, healthcare costs, and lost productivity. So as we talked earlier about tr trouble, trouble finding people, 81 billion is a big number. So you can't find someone who doesn't have the wherewithal to be clean on their drug screen because they're on a substance. It, it's, it just doesn't work. 
Yeah, well, and, and, and I could certainly see how it's going to be a, a, an even larger uh, challenge as more and more states move in that direction. Um, again, coupled with uh, the lack of, of labor available, <clears throat> excuse me, in this country, um, I could see it really prevents uh, or presents a, a challenge. So uh, if I heard you correctly, one of the things is if somebody came <clears throat> in for employment and you told them they were going to do a drug screening and they disclosed to you prior to the screening that they were users of marijuana in their spare time, free time, that would give them potential for a pass or depending on the job. I'm just trying to get a, a sense of where where you draw the line or it's a hard no irrespective because I, I think, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the latest statistics are using Massachusetts, for example, but what percentage of adults are using uh, marijuana? And I don't know that yeah, number, it, but I think it's high. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a great question. And again, we're not the judge and jury. It's never, we never recommend or not recommend. We're the fact finders. So my job turns out to be very easy. It falls on a particular employer. And in that interview, and just like every interview by an employer, there's a lot discussed back and forth. And when I tell you, if you're applying for the job of me, Jonathan, and I'm the employer that I'm going to send you off to the higher authority for a drug screen, uh, are you okay with that? They're going to reach out to you. And that is your opportunity to go like, Yes, I'm absolutely okay. Let me share something with you. You know, I have a medical marijuana card that'll probably show up. Or, you know, on the weekends, I like to have my weekends is my time, do nothing illegal. Um, and then it depends on the back and forth with the employer. Well, I'm aware of that now. Can you maybe uh, stay clear? So this is sort of like your first work day in four days, you're going to go for a drug screen. Let's see how it goes. Um, you know, there's that dialogue that honestly, we've lost that in our country a little bit, dialogue and a back and forth understanding. Everything is guarded, secretive, and a lie. Uh, and, and the problem is, again, when I see these numbers, and, and just for people may wonder, what is included in a drug screen? It's a 10-panel drug screen, Jonathan, which includes amphetamines, that's sort of like speed and uppers, barbiturates, we're talking sedative or downers, benzoxyphenes, I'm going to destroy some of these names, cocaine, we know, marijuana, methadone, methoquilone, opiates, penicillin, and propoxifene. I'm sure he destroyed some of those last few ones, but that's what the general drug screen consists of. And many times it's not just the marijuana that comes up. There, there's other issues, as we said, just by the stats alone uh, for the dependency problems in the country. Uh, but I want to share with employers, I, I'm not picking on these people per se, but I think we need to know that before they walk in the door and, and start working. You need to know if you have this problem. Absolutely. And I think, uh, to your point, dialogue and, uh, and a better understanding allows people to make uh, hopefully informed decisions. And to your point, you know, you're just you're just providing the information they need to make their own decisions um, and what's, what's best in their environment. But uh, going in with their eyes uh, open, as they say, um, exactly. and information that, is knowledge, right? Information is knowledge. And if you have that knowledge, you can make the best decision possible in the hiring process. Absolutely. Uh, as always, great insight, great advice, Phil. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, Jonathan, uh, phones and people actually answer. You don't have to punch in letters or anything. You can uh, have a human being at 508-230-5901. We're on the web at www.hireauth.com. That's H-I-R-E-A-U-T-H. And my email is psharky at hireauth.com. I'm wonderful as always, Phil Sharkey, president of the Higher Authority Employment Screening and helping employers make good decisions uh, and finding out background information before they make that offer. Uh, always great to have you on Radio Entrepreneurs. Great to get your insight as always, and thank you for your time. Thank you, Jonathan. Have a great day. Thank you, Phil.